Hello everyone, I'm Brian, and welcome once again to Natural Geekery. This is episode two. This is a podcast where I discuss gaming, creativity, and all the wonderful and positive ways we are all natural geeks. As many of you know, the mecca of all things gaming and geeky is occurring in just a few short days from this podcast's release date. Um, It's going to be occurring in Indianapolis, Indiana, and of course I am talking about Gen Con more specifically Gen Con Indie 2019. And this is, uh, for those of you that don't know, a massive convention, uh, 60,000 plus attendees, most of them gamers, and 500 plus gaming companies descend on the six mile downtown area of Indianapolis and fill it up uh, with just all the all the fun you can have if you're into this stuff. Uh, the, It goes for about four or five days. Just, you know, it's a bunch of people getting together, playing games, sharing knowledge, rolling some dice, hanging out, eating good food, and uh, yeah, doing what we do, right? Uh, The central area, of course, is around the Indianapolis Convention Center and the newly added Lucas Oil Stadium, which is a huge professional sports stadium. And, you know, if you're a gamer or just, you know, not even a table, not even a tabletop roleplay gamer, if you are any kind of gamer, board gamer, uh, LARPer, if you're into cosplay, if you like uh, fantasy artwork, and if you, uh, if you've not been to Gen Con, do yourself a favor, come visit. It's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And I encourage anyone within the sound of my voice to come up, say hi, if you recognize me from my Twitter posts. Yeah, come up, say hi, we'll have fun, shake your hand, and uh, we'll talk about gaming. And you can tell me all the things I'm doing wrong with this podcast. <laughs> okay, if you haven't guessed by now, this episode's going to be a little Gen Con-centric. I'm going to do a little bit of, just a little bit of history that I found online about Gen Con. Those that are huge fans, none of this is going to be a surprise, but I'd like to put this out there. Somebody may be listening that doesn't know the full scope of the history, so put it out there and yeah, you can chew on it. It's good for you. A little history never hurt anybody, right? After that, I'm going to go into a blog post that I wrote about my first time at Gen Con and my first Dungeons and Dragons game at Gen Con, followed by the fact that it was the worst Dungeons and Dragons game of my life. The post itself talks more about some pitfalls and potholes you can look out for when you get into a game that isn't great or things to think about when you are involved in a game that you're not enjoying uh, and to look out for when you're designing a game, etc. But the setting is my first Gen Con and it's it's a nice reminisce back to the days of yore. And then after that, I'm going to talk about another story that occurred uh, just a few years ago for me at Gen Con and it really illustrates the positivity and the connectivity that seems to happen around Gen Con. You know, you get that much people, that many people in one space crowded together, maybe a little hungry, maybe a little hot, maybe tired, you know, get some grumpiness. But overall, given the sheer amount of humanity that descends into that area, there is a lot of people looking out for each other and trying to help each other out. And I've seen things happen. And this particular story I'll go into something that did happen to me and it totally changed my perspective on on the whole thing. So let's get into the Gen Con history just a little bit. Now I'm sure that there are many folks out there that already know this history and you're aware of the timeline, but there might be someone out there that isn't aware and you know isn't aware of the perspective of how it all started and up to where we are now to the spectacle and a massive size of where we are now so i thought i'd go give a little timeline talk about it and you know maybe along the way someone will learn something you never know 
Uh, all this information is easily found online. I just kind of pulled it all together and put it in a small presentation for you guys. So Gen Con started, it's 52, 52 years old, and it started in 1968. And Gen Con won, and it took place in a little convention center in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And it was like a community convention hall called the Horticultural Hall in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And attendance was attended to be 90 people. Now, there, there was uh, a Gen Con Zero that was held in 1967 with an attendance of 25 to 26 people. And that took place in Gary Gygax's home. I'm not sure. So it was, it was a, like a precursor, right? It was like a prologue to the main event. Um, but it stayed there. Uh, for several years, uh, I think in its 11th year, in 1979, it finally moved. For the 10 years prior, it kind of moved back and forth between the Horticultural Hall and the American Legion Building in Lake Geneva. And it was slowly building attendance. And, and so they moved it over to the University of Wisconsin campus in 1979 with about 2,000 attendees. And, uh, you know, right about then, right after 1979-ish, early 1980s, that's where I come in. I come in on, you know, back back corner of stage left, the dark little area with the label over it that says uh, Small Town, Indiana. <laughs> and so we'll talk about that in the blog post. You know, about that time period, things were starting to move, you know, with this hobby. But they were at the University of Wisconsin for several years up until the entrance of Dungeons and Dragons kind of into the mainstream into the 80s, early 80s, mid 80s. I think, uh, boy, that was a fun time. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, but it, it moved to the Milwaukee Exposition and Convention Center Arena, i.e. Mecca, in 2002, from 1985 to 2002. And it was averaging around 25 to 30,000 attendees. But the area kind of, the problem that, that I think Gen Con was running into was the the site was just too small. It could handle 20,000 okay, but the surrounding restaurants, there just wasn't a lot for attendees to do. There was some things, but it was a, it, you could, it was a walk. Like there wasn't anything really close by, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they just needed to expand. They wanted to expand. And so in uh, their last year in Milwaukee with two, was 2002. And in 2003, they moved to Indianapolis. Boy, that was exciting for me because it meant a much shorter drive and it meant logistics were going to be so much cheaper for me to go to Gen Con. So I was pretty happy about it. I was there at the, the move to Indianapolis. It was, I think, anybody else listening to this that was there, you could say it was a bit of a rocky start. I remember very long lines. There were some issues here and there. I don't think Indianapolis was prepared. I'm, I know for a fact the restaurants weren't, re weren't prepared. They thought they were prepared. They were not prepared for the flood uh, that came to them that August. And the numbers, so overall, the numbers for attendance continued to stay around the 25,000 mark-ish. But then in 2012, they had their 45th anniversary, and boy, things just really took off. So many things took off. Um, and I think they were getting up into the 40,000s and et cetera. And it's just been going upwards since then. And it's, it's, not, it's not really stopped. And that's where we are now. Uh, they just passed their 50th anniversary event. Um, I unfortunately was unable to attend. It was record numbers. They sold out of badges early. Uh, from what I understand from people that attended, it was crowded everywhere and it was just packed. Then shortly, I think last year, they got it into the Lucas Oil Stadium in order to spread things out a bit, uh, which I think has made, uh, will make a world of difference. We'll see when we get there. 
So uh, moving on, that's the history. That's kind of from whence we came. I am now going to uh, go ahead and read the blog post. Uh, This is called My Worst Game of Dungeons and Dragons. It was 1983, and Gen Con 16 was being held at the University of Wisconsin Parkside in Kenosha, Wisconsin. As a teenager, I had read about it in my monthly issue of the Dragon Magazine, which I diligently purchased at a local hobby store. I wanted to go to Gen Con as much as some kids wanted to go to Disneyland, but unfortunately, I was still without a driver's license. Even if I had a driver's license, the concept of me taking the family car on a six-hour drive and a multiple-day trip was not even close to the realm of reality. Gen Con might as well have been in Mongolia. Yet, as they do, magical things occur. Details are foggy, but a very close friend in the family spoke to my parents about a trip they were taking. They had heard me talking about this special place called Gen Con, and knew about my love of this weird game I had been playing. It so happened they were going to be heading up to Milwaukee for the same weekend as the convention and asked my parents if I could go along with them. They would drop me off every morning at the convention, pick me up in the early evening, and bring me back home when they came back from their trip. To my stunned and stammering disbelief, my parents said, Okay. As long as I took care of all the logistics, my parents were fine with me going. They agreed to help me pay my way, but they wanted me to pitch in as well. I had to check in every night by phone. Oh wait, let's be clear here. A payphone. Remember those? There was no such thing as the internet then, hence the payphone. So I had to use stamps and the U.S. mail to happily send in my entrance form and my fee. I happily agreed and started the whole process. One of the things I did when I was picking up my gaming schedule was to enter into the D&D Open Championship that TSR would be running. There was an agonizing long time to get my badge and my entrance packet back. August took forever to arrive. Patience, though, is still a virtue, and in no time I was traveling up to Kenosha in the backseat of a car with a suitcase of clothes, a backpack of advanced Dungeons & Dragons, books, and my dice. After an incredibly long drive and a quick check of the surroundings by my family's friend, I found myself in geek nirvana. It's a powerful thing to find a place where no matter how much you were ostracized where you lived, you arrive and immediately feel at home, accepted and welcome. No matter where I went, there was evidence I had found a place that accepted this wacky, geeky part of me. Like so many others who arrive at Gen Con's doors after living off of poorly stocked hobby shelves in my hometown, my first experience seeing the dealer floor was mind-blowing. The D&D Open Championship was a series of games, each about four hours in length that played itself over the course of the convention. Players were placed in a 9-10 to player group that played together to see how far they could get and stay alive through a series of adventures. Through the culmination of different points acquired through the adventures, a final winning group would be chosen after the entire series. My first game started in the early afternoon of my first day. I was paired up with the other players, two of which were a little older than me, but also newbies to Gen Con, My first character class love was the ranger, and so I volunteered to play that character in the tournament. We were all called to a table, pulled out our dice, settled in, and prepared for the adventure. Things went fine at first. I honestly cannot remember the quest or what we were doing, however, I can remember how it all ended for me. As the ranger, I was in the lead scout position with my longbow out as we moved along the edge of, I think, a swamp. The DM described the scene as we moved along, and things were going well. The dungeon master's voice called out suddenly, A wretched mass of clothing and rotted flesh staggers out of the reeds. It lunges out and onto the path. It is something undead, and it's moving fast towards the ranger. Yikes! My first combat at Gen Con. I was ready. I was excited. I never got to use the bow because the DM ruled it a surprise round. The undead creature ran right towards me, hitting me in the first die roll. I took solid damage. 
Our cleric in the group tried to turn undead, but the creature is too powerful, said the DM. Combat went on for only one or two more rounds. My group could do nothing to help me. The monster took me down, slaughtering me. My character was dead. It then shambled back into the swamp and disappeared into the water as my companions at least tried to avenge me. I sat in silence. I was confused. I was upset. What was that? I never had a chance, the DM replied. You see, the creature was a revenant, and it was after you. A revenant? Why was it after me? It was a revenant of a man you secretly murdered in cold blood. It's an undead creature fueled by revenge. Its sole motive was to finally track you down and kill you. The DM showed me the entry for the creature in the book he had, The Fiend Folio. I had the book at home, and when I saw the picture, I knew what he was talking about. But it only made me more confused. I looked down at my character sheet, looked at the background. There was no mention of being a murderer. Nothing. Just a normal, uh, rangery background. I clearly remember what my teenager mouth said next. What the hell are you talking about? Sorry, said the DM. That is what's in the module. Your character is dead. And he gave a single dismissive motion that told me I was done at the table and I should leave. Oh, I left the table all right, but I was far from done. Even in my youthful, novice stage of RPG gaming, I knew a serious problem when it ran up to me and killed me. I stormed over to the administration table for the tournament and explained what had happened. Even before I was done telling my story, the official was nodding his head in agreement. When I was finished, he said, and no, this is not exact, but it's how I remember it. I know, it sucks. The Revenant is there to kill the ranger because uh, the ranger is able to help the party get through a later challenge, you know, too easily. It's possible to save the ranger, but near impossible, you know, sorry. I seriously had to have him repeat it to me twice. This was the superior game design I had spent months looking forward toward, placing all my hopes and role-playing dreams on, saving for and writing six hours to get to? This? That was the answer? I came all of this way for this? I could have stayed home and had a better game of Monopoly. Now with 30 years of experience and age under my belt, I have a feeling that there are only a few options possible about this entire situation. The first one is simple and something my ego likes to hear. The second, well, it's just the opposite and not something my ego likes to hear. I don't like it, but I have to admit it as a possibility. Number one, they really designed something that stupid. Number two, I was a younger, annoying player and they had an option built in to weed out such scallywags like me. Let's look at number two first. I don't remember being an annoying chatterbox kid around the table, but, and this is important, who does? My memory is that I was excited, but pretty well behaved. I was definitely new to the experience, but I have no memories of interrupting someone or trying to hog every scene. In my adult gaming past, I've had to run numerous games with that overly excited kid who was coming close to ruining the game for everyone else at the table. This is why I have to accept it as a possibility, by the way. However, as a game master, I feel it's an important part of the skill set to use this as a chance for a teaching opportunity. This extends to other players around the table as well. As a player, it's a perfect time to take a misbehaving player under their wing for a bit. Bottom line is, I don't think I was that kid, but I don't know and may never know for sure. If I was that kid, was it right of them to do what they did? I suppose you could chalk it up to game style, air quotes included. There was no internet or forum boards back then to go complaining to. I was just a teenage kid who had been crushed over some really pathetic module design and sent packing back into the crowded hallway. I will never know. If someone's hearing this and remembers this particular Gen Con, this 1983 championship and the damn revenant by the swamp with its hatred for a murderous ranger who didn't know he had murdered anyone in the first place, 
then please help a fellow gaming brother out. What I do know is that it was the worst game of Dungeons & Dragons in my life. Had I not been at Gen Con and gone on to have an amazing series of days playing other games, sitting in pickup games, and going on to be in the group to score second place in the top secret RPG tournament, it might have turned me off forever. Right then, in that moment, when I was turned away with no options, I felt cheated. And a little picked on. All my happy feelings of being there were turned on their ear, and all the gamer geek baggage I thought I had left at the door just simply fell back onto me. And this is one of the two lessons I want to pass on. Be mindful of how you are running your game, and most importantly, the contract of trust your players are putting on the table with you no matter who is playing. With that contract comes the prospect of a large amount of fun and even larger amounts of trust going both ways. Be mindful that you do not break that contract. The other lesson? If you have a bad game, and you will, don't let it spin you down. There are always more games. Dust yourself off, grab your dice bag, find another game where everyone involved understands the contracts in place. Those games are out there and probably closer than you realize. Go find them. Okay, let's move on to a story that occurred to me much more recently. I was at Gen Con and uh, hanging out there. I was with my middle son and I was excited because not only uh, was it something, I, I had not been in attendance for a few years, so I was, I was getting able to go back more importantly, I was able to bring my middle son for his first ever time at Gen Con. Um, and then later on, either later Saturday or Sunday, my wife and my daughter were going to join me. And this was going to be the first time we had all gone together as a family. So it was going to be a pretty cool trip. We had planned on it for months in advance, put money back. Yeah, the mood was pretty light and happy when my wife dropped us off, my, uh, my middle son and I. And we entered the event and, you know, the fun kind of kicked off immediately. However, uh, about an hour later... My wife called and reported that there was an emergency situation which was occurring with our dog that we had boarded for the first time uh, back at home, which was about an hour and a half away. And I'm not going to go into details on the pet situation. Let's just say in the very, very long run, everything worked out. But in the moment, it was bad. It was very bad. And so uh, in that, she, uh, through the phone calls that happened as I was in the convention hall, um, she insisted that I stay with our middle son. We continue to let him have a good time. She would go down and take care of the situation. Uh, we had, you know, there's too much money. There was too much time. And my middle son was enjoying himself far too much that uh, it, it, we just needed to, to keep pressing onward. She would go down and handle the pet situation. So there I was. I was wandering around Gen Con trying to get a grip on a situation, you know, with my out-of-control dog that I loved very, very much. But I was also trying to make sure my son was having a good time. You know, as the day progressed, I was, I was on the phone constantly, um, more distracted than anything. And it was just getting to me. A little bit later on, my son went into an event uh, and I got some free time to myself. So I just kind of found an out-of-the-way corner and found a bench. There were some other tired gamers, you know, sitting around, resting their feet. And I called my wife back for more information. It was the first chance I'd really had to call her. And, um, you know, there's hundreds of people walking by, uh, cosplayers strolling by, stopping for pictures. And the, the call went through and my wife caught me up. The situation at home, uh, it had gone from bad to worse. And, and there was nothing I could do where I was. I was just kind of stuck in this swirl of people and uh, I just started feeling very, very small, very frustrated. Uh, and I hung up with my wife and I was just, I was feeling very alone and uh, the emotions I'd been feeling about this dog that I loved. And, 
it all just started bubbling out. And I finished my conversation with my wife and I put my forehead in my hand. I just, you know, I started to really quietly weep. And within moments, I heard this, uh, this soft male voice, uh, kind of came off to my right and it said, pardon me, brother, it couldn't happen, but, uh, to overhear that conversation on that phone, uh, are you okay? You, you need anything? And, you know, I looked up at the guy, he's a middle-aged guy, a little younger than me. He was sitting nearby on the bench. He was leaning over to me and I just kind of shrugged. I remember I shrugged and I kind of smiled and, uh, said, you know, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I just, uh, I got some bad news. Then from my left, I heard another male voice and uh, he said, hey, man, hey, you know, take this. I noticed you don't have one. I looked over and he was offering me a bottle of water. He said, I got plenty, you know, have a drink. Just, you know, it might make you feel better. I refused at first, but he insisted and he was right. The water helped. Uh, I shook hands with the guy and he headed on his way. But the guy to my right, he stayed on. He didn't needle me for more information, and he just said, uh, bad news sucks, especially here. You know, I'm, I'm going to be resting here for a while, and uh, you need anything at all, you, you let me know, okay? That's, uh, he left it at that. You know, I thanked him and, and gave him the basic information. I figured he, you know, deserved that, at least for his kindness. And he nodded, and we had some more supportive exchanges, and uh, we just sat quietly. Two, two geeks, two natural geeks, sitting amidst a uh, storm of people and events. Uh, then it was time for me to go. My son's event was over and I had to go pick him up and just check in with him. And uh, I thanked him. He nodded and said, you're welcome. Take care, bro. Offered me a fist bump, which I reciprocated. No other words needed to be exchanged. And that was it, right? I was in a swirl of humanity and having a minor breaking point. Two people within seconds were there to check on me to help in whatever way they could. It had a massive effect on me for the rest of the event for the day, uh, for the weekend, and in how to deal with this event an hour and a half away. A simple act of offering a water bottle, a consoling word, a fist bump, it just helped me understand the tribe concept of Gen Con. All my years of attending and participating in Gen Con, I have seen countless episodes of people being absolutely amazing to each other, helping each other out, and just having fun. This was the first time it had really happened to me. It really is a gathering of a tribe. Maybe, you know, it's more of a gathering of several tribes, all under kind of the same banner. And I, you know, I think we are better by remembering that when we go. We're all geeks here. So yeah, that was, that was the, the, the awesome, uplifting story of some really cool guys at Gen Con. And there's more than just a couple. There's a bunch. So I'm going to be heading to Gen Con in a few days, uh, probably in a few hours, actually, as you listen to this. And it's my hope to get a chance to talk to some attendees, uh, maybe do some interviews. That'd be exciting. And I'm just going to see if my equipment holds out and we're going to decide as we go. And this is all going to kind of be a seat of the pants. So hopefully I'll have some episodes uh, for you all when I come back that I can share some of the fun with. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Um, If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, follow, do whatever you need to do um, for your individual podcast players and to make sure you come along for the ride. As always, there, I'm going to have a few podcast notes on the podcast page, um, and feel free to leave a comment here as well. You can email me at naturalgeekery at gmail.com. Also, if you are interested in being interviewed as a fellow natural geek, get a hold of me there or on Twitter. I post on Twitter all the time, uh, all manner of subjects, gaming, history, goofiness. Um, I'm on there as uh, at coyote guy, and I'd love to hear from you. 
Until next time, have a great day. Remember, you're needed out there. Figure out your move, roll those dice, have fun, and play well with others. Bye.